Hey, slip, slide, trying to provide for me. For me. For me. Find me somewhere out in London, you know that's the hideaway. I need some head and some more support from you right away. Since I've been making donations to you like United Way. You know I do. Stories you told me about him, I can see that it's night and day. You told me the truth. Walking from here to my bedroom and feel like it's miles away. There's too many rooms. And I'm still hard, buddy. I don't feel nobody. And I'm with some riding on my friendships. Solid. I get big deposits on my website. Zotic. Living the engine, city dependent. I gotta finish it, I want opinions. Uh, she wanted things, uh, she wanna ring us some sort of arrangement. Uh, something that's dangerous, I wanna change it. Alright, what up, what up? We're back for another episode of the Argon Brothers Podcast. Fellas, how you doing today? Yeah, my man said we Gucci. <laughs> <laughs> Good day, man. No rain out, you know, it's a great day. Great day. It's, it's a nice little hoodie season. Exactly. Hoodie season. It is. Oh, it's 61. All of his little breeze. It's a nice little, little, little small little jacket. jacket. Little spring little jacket. Little light jacket. Little spring jacket. Little light work. Yes, sir. All right, so everybody's doing well. You know it. Oh, we're doing man. good. Now, I see you have a new sweater on today. Yeah, man. Is that out of the collection? Yeah, man. That's, you know, the, the couple's merch, you know? Is that the couple's yeah, merch? You know, I saw that. Yeah. The, merch, the matching, I saw the the matching hoodie, there. you know? Yeah. A little something. The light I saw work. that, man. The light work. I saw that, man. Work. So when we going to get your, your, your nice wife on a nice... Uh, uh, I got to put you on Instagram, I got, I got, I got, right? I got, I got it coming, bro. I got it okay, coming. Okay, I want to make sure it's out. coming down the line. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. His and hers. Actually, actually. When I go to the crib, I'm going to have everybody win it uh, on that Friday when I go to the crib for the cup. Man, all my boys who got a shirt, I'm trying to get them together. Oh, yeah, man. Make sure, look, yeah. make sure they take the picture from the, oh, yeah. in the fridge fry. Oh, yeah, you know. You know what I mean? Make sure you the know. catfish is sitting out there. <laughs> barbecue going on there. Take a picture together. Yeah, I'm going to get everybody to have a I want that. I want that. Everybody have that took Argument drink. Brothers sweater on. Something on like that. A t-shirt, whatever. Why they doing the fish fry? Yes, sir. I got you. You know what I mean? Catfish bubbling, popping and everything. I got you. I yeah, got you. On. That'd be on right there. Yeah, that'd be yes, a good sir. pick, though. Yes, sir. All right, man. So let's get to the first topic, man. Um, let's talk about a little college football. We've been already talking about it before. Today's a big day in the SWAC, even though somebody don't want to represent that and say there is a big day. Say it's a COVID season. It's not a COVID season. <laughs> right. To some of us, it's a real season. It's, it's opinion no matter, man. And it is, it's a lot going on. So let's talk about what's going on. And right now, the game between Grambling and Southern is going on right now. Yes, yes. I'm going to start with you, since you are a Grambling alum. Yes, yes. What's your thoughts on this game, brother? How are you feeling right now? Uh, I'm feeling... Because this is a big rival. It's a huge rivalry, a man. The 47th edition of the Bayou Classic, man. It's 23-23. A, a lot of people don't know that. It's right. a huge rivalry. It's a huge rivalry, man. It ranks up there. You know, it just don't get the pub like, you know, a lot of the other big rivalries in college sports, man. But it's definitely up there. Alums go at it. You know what I'm saying? You got people in the same family that went to different schools, went to Grambling and Southern. You know, it's, 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 it's like blood, man. And right now we're struggling. I ain't going to lie. We're down 14 nothing. Um, and we just don't have it, man. And sometimes you just got to realize you don't have it, bro. And Southern's just a better team than us right now. You know, it's just one of those things. But I think we'll bounce back come the fall. Uh, hopefully, you know, fives get it right with the coordinator. And it starts there, right? Like, we don't have a good foundation in the staff. Talent and teaching the kids, man, don't matter. So hopefully fives get it right, man. We'll bounce back. You know, we might take an L a day. It's early in the game. But, you know, it's a huge rival, man. I'm excited. It just don't have the same... Flair, cause it ain't Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, you know you're not in New Orleans, man, and 
It'll, Do you think this is going to be consistent being in, in Sweetport? Hell no. No. Boy, if, if they'll move that shit back to the dome come Thanksgiving weekend, bro, man, it's going to be a problem. Yes. Everything else in the city open? Yes. No, even if you have limited capacity of fans, but you got to bring it back to Thanksgiving weekend, man. It's just something about the aura of being in that dome, bro. 60,000 plus, bro, you know, kids, you know, learning about the tradition of Grambling and Southern, man, and you know, that's how I learned it. Like, growing up in New Orleans, like, I saw the Bayou class. I knew really nothing about, like, black colleges. Right. Because I had nobody in my family. You didn't know anything about Xavier and Dillard. Other than Xavier and Dillard, but I didn't, you know, okay. nigga wasn't really talking about, like, an HBCU. <laughs> they, are, they are in New yeah. Orleans. You know what I'm saying? They're in New Orleans, but nobody was really, like, oh, man, Pumped HBCU, yeah. black college, like, pumping it, pumping it up. Got you. But, you know, being in the city, you just take it for granted. Oh, man, that's, David, that's Xavier, that's Dillard. You ride by, you just chill, go to the parties, but... The magnitude of HBCU, man, it was the Bayou Classic. Right. And that's what we saw. It's like, man, I'm either going to Southern or Grambling. It's one of the two. And it's a huge rivalry, man. I just hope it get back to where it is in the city. You know, it's a, you know, no bands in the game. Yeah. It's like the halftime show, none of that, no stuff. I didn't know, show. is this the only 47 edition? It's 47, did, 1974. Really? Four, really? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I didn't know so, that. man, you know, I'm it, playing, it, like you said, you know, I'm a Grambling to the, to the bone. I got it tatted on my wrist. You know, I'm, I'm through and through, but we we taking we, we we it's rough right now. I ain't gonna lie to you, though. It is, it is extremely rough to see this shit happening that we doing now, bro. Key man, give me your thoughts on this. Well, like he, like Raymond said, it's a big time. It just don't have that feel because you know it ain't in the in the city. Uh, it's just uh, you know what I'm saying you normally have a Thanksgiving weekend to build up. You know, yeah. you're eating with your family. You know, on that Friday, you was going to the uh, Battle of the Band. Show. Good show. Then you had the, the game on Saturday. You know, people bragging all people, alumni, you know, the kids, you know, generation of generation and went to Grammy or something. But I'm just waiting. I think it's going to move back to the city because they have an essence. So you have an essence. Of course, they're going to have to buy you class. They're going to have essence this year? Yeah, essence this year in mm-hmm. July and June. They're doing a two-part. Damn. One in uh, the second week of June. Is this is uh is this new new breaking news? Breaking news. <laughs> oh, it's out on it's out there. It's out there on the on the on the web. It ain't breaking news. It's out there. You can get your tickets now if you go into the essence. Your plane tickets, but yeah. So they definitely had to buy you classic back. So they having the essence in July and June. Classic definitely be back in November. But just again, man, like you said, you know, growing up, you know, what I'm saying in New Orleans, just that weekend you knew, even if you was in high school, that. Bayou Classic is coming. Man. Just on Canal. You're getting just, fresh. Yeah, you know, just peeping the city from, you know, just getting fresh. Your outfit, your haircut. It's like a it's like a holiday. <laughs> yeah, so, you, you know, mm-hmm. so definitely I, it's a big rivalry. Uh, but yeah, Grammy, oof, don't look, they don't look good, bro. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Yeah. yeah. I made some changes. You know what, though? I, th- I, think, I think right now, with the season being played in the, in, the, in the springtime, you really can see what you got for next year. And who you got coming in and who you got to replace. I think it, it's going to help coaching if they willing to take in what has been done in the spring and make the changes in the fall. Because the fall is going to be real competitive. Everybody, you know, seeing what they have, knowing what they got. And then football is going to be back to football. And like you said, with the Bayou Classic being in Shreveport, it's different. It's different. Everything's been different this year. But now I think now people are going to appreciate having the um, – the Bayou Classic in New Orleans, and more people will come out, I think, by, you know, seeing that, okay, we didn't have football this year in the city, so let's bring everybody back together. And I hope people, like you said, people who 
didn't think about going to school, you know, right now, who not thinking about going to school or thinking about going to school or either thinking about going to school right now, will come out to the Bayou class and check it out and then make an appointment. Hey, I can go to a black school, either Southern or Grammar. So you can have a building of what's going on now for the future. Yeah, man, everything you guys said, I, I echo it, but I really don't care. This is a bigger game that's going on. Don't be hating, man. Don't be hating. It's a way bigger game going on in, in Birmingham, Alabama. The 79th, 79th edition okay. of the Magic City Classic. Okay. So our rivalry is way bigger than your little pool ass rivalry. It ain't. It ain't. It ain't. It's just been around. Your pool rivalry. No. Your pool rivalry is yeah, what no. it is. Our second rivalry between Tuskegee is bigger. Then you little pool rock. It's just uh, y'all just been doing it longer. That's all it is. Great. Okay. So that don't mean shit better. Your rivalry's pool. But nobody talks about the Magic City class. Yeah, yes, they do. Nobody. So you, I bet you take just, a poll. The Bayou class is just bigger. Class, um, the, 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 Bayou, the Bayou class is just bigger because it is literally on TV every Thanksgiving. You got so, so, so what they say about what you, they say about your class? Your class. Oh, what they say about your class? Can I finish my statement? Can I finish my statement? You have benefited from being having an open window. Because nobody watches football on Thanksgiving unless it's NFL football or y'all. Nobody else plays. In so why, so why NBC nobody else, no, nobody, else, nobody else plays. We don't play on Thanksgiving. We play on a... On a I don't care what it is. You say it's that big of a deal. We play on the last weekend of October. It's a regular weekend. What that mean? And, our, and we, we put more people in the seats than you do. By the way, how about that? Where y'all play the game at? Birmingham? Where? In Legion Field. Legion Field? We need to take a no, poll on our audience brothers. Hey, we need to take a we poll. We're going to put that on Twitter. Twitter. Put a poll on Twitter. You put it Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Hey, we need, to, we need to put that up. We're going to find a poll. We're going to put up a poll. All I'm making excuses about how it's just on a normal weekend. And it's bigger. And it's, it's, it is a normal weekend. Come on, dog. What that we have, do with listen, it? Listen, they broadcast the Turkey Day Classic. That's on Thanksgiving. They do broadcast that. But they don't broadcast... The the Massey the Classic, but if it's, it's that big of a deal, because it's only on the normal weekend. What do you? What what do they broadcast your games on the weekend? Glenn, no, Glenn nobody does. does. Nobody does. does. Nobody gets that type of attention. So but, if, but if, you, if you if you feel that classic is that big of a deal, they're not giving it the attention because it comes on the should, normal weekend. Should it? Should it? It should. It's the biggest game on that weekend. It's the biggest game in the state. That sounds like excuses to me, dog. It ain't a lot of excuses, <laughs> man. It's seventy. Like we need to put up a poll. Seventy-five thousand no, plus. Up a poll. Our game's bigger. The, the uh, stadium is bigger than a dome. The dome no, is only like 69. Well, that's y'all fault. Playing a bigger <laughs> dome there. That? Playing a bigger dome there. Hey, for all yes. our listeners, alumni who went to Grambling, Southern, Alabama and m Alabama State, anybody who went to HBCU, we're going to put a poll out. Y'all tell us yes. which classic is the best. Yep. We're going to let the fans Yeah, we're going to let the fans decide. decide. HBCU. We got three classes better than hey, that hey, right now. We, gonna, we, we gonna got Labor Day Classic. It's probably Labor Day Classic is the hottest thing in the South, first and foremost, then we got Madison City Classic, which has always been elite. And then, man, y'all may not even be top five. I don't know about that. In classic. You, bro, you crazy. You may not be top five <laughs> in the classic. Oh, because you got, you got to iron out. You got to iron out FAMU and Bethune-Cookman. Oh, you tripping. FAMU and Bethune-Cookman. That's a big game. Got, that's a big, that's a huge okay. game. They broke, game. They've broken several that's a big uh, game. Um, uh, records when it comes to seating. And people in the stands. Yeah, that's a big So you, you got to look at that one. Um, I mean, with North Carolina A&T and, 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 uh, and Hampton used to play each other. That was huge. I don't know they don't play each other. But y'all are looking at what comes to the stadium, but I'm looking like what's in the city that weekend. 
What's the buzz? So, yes. no, what's the buzz? Yes. Listen, nobody, you talk. Listen, I can easily talk about the buzz. Ain't no I'm, buzz in Birmingham. It is buzz. <laughs> it is buzz. <laughs> ain't no buzz. Hey, no, listen, listen. Ain't no buzz Birmingham, in Birmingham, listen, man. When that weekend's going, in Birmingham, that, that, the weekend is popping. All right. Now, any other weekend in Birmingham, I ain't never going to Birmingham. Let me tell you, I tell people all the time. People ask me. People ask me, what's going on in Birmingham? I tell them the truth. I don't know. Because I only go one time, and I don't really even go to Mad City Classic that often anymore. Yeah. But I only go one time during the year. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Breaking news by these Sprays. Right. Come on, man. Get your mic. Go ahead, Ray. I got to tell you. They say the Magic City Classic is the highest tender football classic in the nation. I did not debate that. He didn't debate it. No, he knew he was right. He didn't debate that. I told you, we, we, we've they always... Y'all that breaking news? We just all have... We've hey, been making news. Hey, give me a phone, man. No, <laughs> uh, we've been making it. I'm going to give us so, the goods. So, 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 so this is the thing. So you're saying that it's the, it's the, the Magic Classic is number one. It's better. Period. It's the number one classic of all HBCUs. Mm. And you saying that no, well, it's not the classic. It's not the classic, bro. It's, no, the other classes don't have no buzz like the Bayou Classic. They don't, bro. That's true. They it don't, don't bro. Now, whether it's because it's in New Orleans, I don't know. It don't. But nobody that shit gets buzz. There's no buzz, though. It gets buzz because of the fact that it's on TV. But, like, ask people, if you go ask somebody right now, hey, man, you know the Bayou Classic is on, they'll say no. Because it's not Thanksgiving, and it's not on, it's not on the time frame that everybody used to seeing it. On that weekend. But outside of that, no. But it ain't the biggest. The granddaddy of them all. Granddaddy of them all. It sits in down there in Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. And the reason why is also because normally when we play each other, we're always playing for the East Chip. Okay. Well, back then it was be would be like just a swag going playing the swag championship game. We're gonna play for the swag championship game this year. That's that's whoever wins that game. Plays in the, in so the I know you. I know you're gonna pick y'all winning, but why y'all gonna win? We're gonna run the ball down the throats. Okay. And Jackson State was hitting the quarterback last week late, and I think he's a little injured. He's a little banged up. Okay. So I feel, like, oh, yeah, I feel like I feel like I feel like if they got op- if we got an opportunity, we need to run the ball down the throat, do a lot of play action pass, and stick it to the receivers. We have better receivers, better O line. We get it done today. Since so you put this bug, I'm gonna watch the game. It's coming Watch on ESPNU. I'm gonna check it out. ESPNU. I'm gonna you check know. it out. I'm gonna check know, y'all man. out. I mean, you know, Granddaddy of them all. Man, please. Granddaddy of them all, man. Let's 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 <laughs> get to the next topic. Let's man, talk, cut it out, man. Let's talk about some NBA. Yeah, we're gonna put that poll up. It's gonna be interesting. Let's put the poll up. I mean, put, you put can pull up. We can make sure you get to all the HBCUs mm-hmm. uh, alums out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can put that thing. I'll take it. We'll forward it to uh, the, the the group chats in Facebook. Absolutely. All about HBCUs. Let's get it. Let's get it. You know what I mean? Let's do it. Look at Doug. Doug looking old around that. Doug don't even want to show it to the game. <laughs> That's COVID, man. Oh, no, it's COVID. That's COVID, dog. I told y'all it was a COVID season, bro. That's yeah, COVID, yeah. dog. Doug. Now you snot didn't want the man to fly Doug and then bring the stuff man. back to the building and watch the football really? team. That's why, man. Really? Come on, man. That's why, man. That's why, man. <laughs> Let's talk about NBA basketball right quick. Let's get into it. Joel B, he's balling. He had 36 last night, 36-37, 10 boards. Like four or five or six, he played a hell of a game, and they they got the win. They beat the Clippers without Kawhi, but they beat the Clippers last night. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. He after that game, and I think in a previous interview as well, he stated that he feels like the MVP is for him, for his to lose. So I'm gonna start with you, Key. Like, how do you feel about that? Do you feel like he's right? Think he's valid? 
in that type of statement, feeling like he's still the front runner for the MVP? He was the front runner, but when he missed those games, I think you got to look down to right now. I have to put uh, – he, he got to keep balling, but he just missed a lot of games. Right now I have uh, – which I don't know why he's not getting a lot of buzz, bro, because Dane, bro, Dane been balling this year. And he been doing it with less talent, you know. Uh, a lot of the players have been out big. Uh, what's the big McCullough man? and McCullough uh, man. Nurkic, uh, Nurkic Nurk- Nurk- been out. He been carrying this whole team as a solo superstar. Uh, also, the boy in Denver balling too. Jokic, jo- yeah. And they had and Dame. I don't think had missed any games this year. If he did, he maybe missed one or two, three games. Yeah, he missed a couple. Yeah, it, it just he didn't miss over ten games. So for me, Dame would be my number one. Mm-hmm. Dame uh, 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 Jokic but for me I'm going with Dame because Dame been doing it with less help like you said his best players his best two players been out most of the season and I think what they number what fifth fourth sixth number six six, six. six in the west and just what he's doing this year man to me but I had MB the front runner before he got hurt to me MB been playing the best basketball out of any superstar in the league this year his numbers are like crazy. I think only players that put up the numbers is Mike, uh, Durant. Shaq. No, I'm talking about shooting. I'm talking about uh, yeah, shooting. Shoot, Shaq too. And Shaq was in there. Mike, Shaq, and um, and the boy down in New Orleans. No, I'm yeah, talking for a whole numbers, season. I'm talking about for a whole season. For his number, this old boy numbers. He was in that category with them. Yeah, with before, Shaq them. But for a month, he wasn't in there for the whole. season. No, for the whole season. I'm talking about averaging. I'm talking about averaging. No, he's in the hybrid. No, but I'm talking about averaging twenty nine and twelve. I'm not talking. Uh, uh, what's called ain't averaging twenty nine and twelve for the season. Yeah, I'm talking about averaging twenty nine and twelve for a whole season. It's only been I, I want to say KD Jordan. I want to say KD and Jordan and probably Shaq, like you said. 29 and 12 rebounds? Yeah. No, 29 points and 12 rebounds. Nah, Jordan 29 rebounds. Well, 12 10 rebounds. rebounds bro. But I'm just saying, but you're right about it. Shaq. Is, I think it's just him and Shaq. It has to be a big, though. It's just him and Shaq. But no, Jordan is in there. But it might not be the rebounds, but Jordan averaged that percentage, shooting percentage. It may be shooting percentage, but I know, I know yeah, for a fact it's yeah, him and Shaq. Yeah, so that's, you know, it's just that missing those games to me is why he's not the front runner. Don't say he can lose it, he's not out of it. But I'm just saying, I'm going with, like, Dane, who haven't missed hardly any games and been carrying the team without his best two players. Right. And, like, he's seen double, triple teams every time he touched the ball. He ain't got nobody he can kick it out to, you know what I'm saying, until McCollum and, uh, and Nurkic came back. So, to me, Dane is You don't feel a- like LB in big with playing with the um- – Wait, you've caught them. It's four and five playing with Ben Simmons. But they got shooters around them this year. They got some three-point okay. mark shooters around them that, that'll make up from what uh, – and I like what Ben is doing, but you said he needed to do. When he got a smaller guy on him, he's attacking. He's just not looking to pass. He's yeah. looking to get to the cup and draw the fall or kick it or kick it out. Yeah. So that's – I think that you got to get Doc credit for that. It was saying yeah, absolutely. when yeah. you got a young – a little boy on you, like they say, a little mouse in the house, <laughs> you need to punish him. You know what I'm saying? So – he uh, Ben is starting to do that. He's just not holding the ball like oh oh no. He feel like he got somebody who's who's smaller than him. He's yeah. attacking him off the dribble, like Absolutely. putting his head down. But yeah, right now I wouldn't say he the front runner because of the games he missed. But he having a historic season. <clears throat> All them superstars missing games for real. Except Dame, Dame and and, and, and Jokic, they haven't really missed games. So that's why those two of me are the front runners. Yeah, but by Dame, default, by default. But, but Dame's six in the West, though, though. But 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 he hadn't played with 
his supporting cast hasn't been. Even if they did, I don't think they. they well, we don't know that. We don't know that. What's your thoughts? But the history is showing. Like, all right, yo, go. What's your thoughts on with Joey? I think it's yo, bro. Yo, almost averaging a triple double. Okay. And I think this is going to cinch it for for Jokic. If he can almost average a triple double for these next probably what 10, 15 games, probably the rest of the season, he gonna win it. It's been shown, right? Because now Murray is out, right? And don't get me wrong. Now I think Embiid can win it if they get that one seed. Like I mean, he only missed what 10, 12, 13 no, he games. Missed he missed thirteen games. Thirteen games. Yeah. So it ain't like it's that bad. But when you look at the whole entire season, a lot of stars in this. And it's just kind of what it is. So the voters going to look at it like it's just one of those seasons where but the big not, stars are missing. But not for these other two. You can't. Yeah. Jokic and, but, and Dame haven't missed. So you can't be like, because the other stars best, we're going to punish them two. Yeah, That's but Joel is putting up MVP numbers. But if I had so to, if I had to pick the day, I would go with Yoke. And I would put MB second. Uh, even MVP, MB said, look, man, I should be fucking defensive player of the year, too. I think Ben Simmons is going to be defensive player of the year. Right? But, yeah, Joke almost having a triple-double, bro. And I think that's, that's shown, even when Russ won it, he averaged a triple-double. His team wasn't that great. But the numbers just stood for itself, bro. And this dude is a center averaging eight assists a game. And you got to go with Jokic, though. That was my top two. I, I would go with Yoke over MB just because of that. I mean, I know what you'll go with, but the, I think the writer's going to give it to MB. Because MB then had the buzz, and they've been waiting for this MB to show up the past two years. He been hurt. He been you know playing like a days ago sometimes in games and, all and doing time. all yeah doing all the stuff that you would want that you wouldn't want a big man to do. So I think now they getting a performance from MB that everybody been waiting for. I mean, and, and and that's just what it is. And the thing of it is with him and the difference between him and Jokic, Jokic's on the West Coast, well in the middle. You know what I'm saying? He out in Denver. You watch Denver, but you don't watch Denver. Same way with Dame. That hurts yeah, Dame. Nobody watch Dame, but, you, but But now, when you see him be, he's on the East Coast. He's playing in them 7, 7.30 games. When people getting at home, got their food, sitting at the table, you know, chopping it up. They're watching those games. And they want to see how Doc adapt to leaving the Clippers and working with this young team that he has. So that do make a difference, I think, in what is going on. I think, like I said, I think Embiid is number one, then Jokic, period. Now, you know, James Harden come back, and he has some hell of a thing to get them back. I think he can put himself in the hat. But I do think right now it's Embiid, then Jokic, and we see how it go down the line. Because this, this is the stretch. Well, I agree. I think it's Embiid right now, too. I mean, he came back in. Uh, he's played his last four or five games. He's played the game. I would put stuff behind Embiid if, if the Warriors team was – if they were having a better season. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you Steph, be a 10th seed. Yeah, that, that's been a problem, right? Because, yeah. I mean, there's a playing game between the 7th and the 10th. But if, if the Warriors had a better season, Steph would be right there. Yeah. Right there challenging. But I like yeah, well. I like the way Ian B is playing since he's got back since the injury. Man, he's averaging probably like almost 30 points a game. 29 and 12, I so, think. And he's dominating. <laughs> he's dominating. So that's my next question. Do y'all feel like he's the best player in the league right now? Let's start with you. No, but he's definitely not in the top five. Hmm. Uh, I will put him in the top five. If I get this MB, not the MB to the past where, you know, you well, kick it out. But I'm saying, you know, with why I'm putting him in the top five of the past, he will be shooting threes a lot. Now, hey, well, like you said, he's, he's dominant. Right now, I'm putting him in my top five because of the way he's playing now. Because he's been dominant. He's on that block. So who, if you have him as your top five, who's better? <sighs> I mean, of course, the top, like, no, no particular order. 
I'm just giving you five people that's, that's in my playing team. good basketball right now. Hold on, we're talking about playing basketball. Who kept playing? Hurt like on the night. No, we ain't talking about AD. No, talking about LeBron. They're not playing. Okay, so they're not playing. Yeah. Okay. We talking about playing right now. So Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, Steph, and Dan. Okay, so you don't think Embiid number one? You the Embiid number one. I don't know if he's number one. He got the best, got the best record in the East he, and dominating. He in my top five, man. Yeah, <laughs> man, you go, you go. I ain't giving number one. He's in my top five right now. Right now, Embiid playing the best basketball than anybody in the league. He's number one. Right, he's playing. He's number one. Are we going on right Better now? Than KD? Hold on, hold yeah, on. you talking about? Okay, yeah. hold on. But okay. you he's been hurt. So, so that's the question. If he's the best right now, why you pick Dane? No, I said the reason why I picked Dane because he'd have missed games. I said, but if Embiid didn't get hurt. Dan didn't miss no games. Right. I said, Embiid missed games. You listen to my take. I said, Embiid was my front runner. I said that months ago before LeBron and everybody got hurt. I said, Embiid should win MVP. And I said, by him missing so many games, Nurkic and and uh, Dane hasn't missed games. That's the only reason I'm putting them over MB. That's why. That's the reason I said because you can't punish them guys because them guys didn't miss games. Them guys haven't, and they've been putting up great numbers too. That's, but right now, if I had to say the best player in the NBA who'd have been playing the best ball all year, it's MB. So that means he should be in the. He should be the front. Be, he shouldn't be the front runner because I said he missed 13, 14 games, and his team still won without him. So that's why I'm saying not because of his play, because of the games he missed. And these guys hasn't missed games. And I'm not going to, you know what I'm saying? Like they said, the best ability is availability. Yep. And these dudes hadn't missed no games. So you got to give them credit for that. You know what I'm saying? But, like I said, the best who, who's having the best season in the NBA when they on the court and been on the court most of the time is Embiid. He's been playing the best ball than anybody in the league this year. From LeBron to KD to James Harden. He's, he's the best player in the league yes, right now. Yes, yes, hands down. Yeah. I, I, I do believe that. I do believe now he's playing. Embiid is playing like like lights out. Like he coming to play. Like, look, I'm going to prove why these people draft me when they draft me. But also, I'm going to kill all the myths that I'm a lazy player. I can't get along with Ben Simmons. We can't get this done. I'm going to prove that the big man still is, is available in the, in the league. Like, Because, you know, the past couple of years... Big, the big man was like, oh, man, everybody want to be a stretch four, stretch five. So now he's putting the big man back into the big man. But he's, it, still, but he's still shooting. But I just think he's in the best shape of his life. That, but I'm just saying. He, that's, that's the difference. And he's realizing when he, he got a smaller like man. shape to me. No, he looking but good. But you got to look at him. He looked like he's one of them clumsy kind of dudes. <laughs> but they don't look day, like he's in, like, yeah. top physical shape to But me. he gets it done. He, he don't need to be a physical specimen. No. Yeah, but, I mean, he can look a little bit more leaner. He, but, I'm, but, but I'm saying, you can see, he nah, don't, you he's see. not getting tired as he like he's, he used to. He's, he's, man, dude, is look, he looks good. He's big. He's a big. You gotta realize he's seven one, probably three hundred pounds. Yeah, yeah. two eighty five at least. And he's leaned yeah. out, and you can see it. in I can see it. in first of all, you can see how big he is because when he when he's pounding people in the, mm-hmm. in the pan, they can't do nothing. They can't do they can't nothing do with them. He got to eat it. Like they they eat, and it happened yesterday. You can see it when he was putting those guys in the post. They couldn't do nothing with them. So it, it's he's got. He's, he has all the skill set. Oh my god! He can shoot the three. He's like a. KD he's got the fadeaway. He's he he got the back to the basket. He's got all oh, the footwork, the movement. He can do anything, and he's a great defender. And the thing I like about him so now, and, and you know what? And the thing I like about him now, 
he recognized when he got a small dude. Oh, he going yeah, down. I'm not shooting no three. I'm going to get you down that post, and I'm going to pound. I credit Doc to that for him and uh, Ben Simmons. They both realize if I got somebody small, I'm not selling. Like, if he got somebody small, he's not selling for the three. He's backing them down, getting to that little 13, 14. So you got to credit Doc for that. You got to credit Doc. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to give Doc now. Yeah. Now, how they do in the playoffs, playoffs we'll see. That's going to be the difference. That's a different thing. We'll see. Yeah, so Because they've always had trouble, especially when – not having a, a third type of uh, score like when they had Jimmy Buckets. Yeah. Man, Harris Jimmy is Buck- solid. Harris is not, but Harris has not been like Jimmy But I like Buck- the reason they got shooters. They got three-point shooters on right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah but they got to make it when it matters. Yeah, I don't true. care about right now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you you got to make it when it matters. So you think, if, if they, you think the net, they can beat the Nets? I don't think so. Because okay. if the Nets healthy, it's just score too much for them. I think they could take them seven games. And being giving you 30? But it ain't going to be a They can make it a real they go, they go in spurts where they don't score. Like you saw last night against the Clippers. They jumped up real big. And then they went in spurts where they just don't yeah. score. And you can't do that against the Brooklyn. I still think until you Brooklyn, Brooklyn until Brooklyn, Brooklyn, if yes. the Brooklyn bench don't, don't, is not consistent, Philly going to beat them. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, when Lamarcus Aldridge, Lamarcus Aldridge leaving, that hurt them. Because guess what, you put you put your boy, uh, you play with the Clippers that play with them now. I like the young boy. This thing, Claxton, like he's gonna punish Claxton. Oh, Claxton. He's gonna Claxton. punish Claxton. Claxton. He's too late. Right. 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 gonna be like bouncing the house. And guess what? And he gonna fall out. What MB gonna score you thirty? That's not gonna. That's not gonna get it. Why not? I'm just saying, you can give up thirty. You can give. MB thirty. But imagine you can't. Yeah. You can't ben you Simmons can't, can average a triple double, a but, double but, double at least. But I'm saying you can get MB well, thirty to thirty five. I think I think it'd be a good series. It'd be a good series. That won't be no just no walk. No, 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 I'm not saying that. But I, at the end of the day, I think KD's gonna be the X factor, and you know, they, KD gonna cancel out whatever. The problem is, whatever MB put up, KD cancel. But the problem is, is that it's a wash. The problem is, is that Philadelphia's gonna pound on the inside, and when they and and if as long as Brooklyn doesn't have the size. They gonna get in foul trouble. Yeah. Well, you so got, they they got, well, they got size. They got DeAndre Jordan. Jordan. They got they one, got, person. They got one two person, man. They played two minutes a quarter. <laughs> Jordan, listen, DeAndre, DeAndre and, and Blake Griffin Blake. will foul out trying to go well, out. But, but at the end of the day, Ben, that's what I'm saying. At the end of the day, you got to say, we're going to hold on. Oh, so this, this, this going to be another problem. This is going to be another problem. If they fight, I got money on that series they, for anybody who want it. What? Oh, oh, I got 50 on okay. Philly. Put your money out there. I got 50 on Philly. Put your money out there. I like to see that. I like to see that. I like to see y'all that. Y'all talk real big, too. No, he was talking to the devil. Yeah, he was trying to look for you, dog. Yeah, he was trying to look for you. He was trying to look for you. I got more in there. Anybody else want to look for you? I already took 20 from you this year, so I'm going to get that double up 70. We don't want to hear you got private school tuition. I don't want to hear none of that. I, I want to take Bryce. I want to take Bryce. Yeah. All right, let's jump to the next topic. Let's get to the next topic. I got private school tuition, man. <laughs> I think it's going to be a great series, and hopefully we can get to that series so we can talk about it. I don't know if they're going to say Milwaukee. But let's see. You want to bet on that one? Well, I, I listen. I think the Milwaukee one's intriguing because of. Nah, we'll see about the Giannis factor, but it's not the Giannis factor. It's, it's the people holiday, bro. No, it's, it's, the people it's Drew Holiday. Yeah. And Drew, get it, bro. Drew against. Drew against. Um, Kyrie, he gonna get Kyrie. It's gonna be interesting. Bro, it's gonna be interesting. No, no, he gonna get him. No, Kyrie gonna get him. And Kyrie, team defense, Kyrie, Kyrie gonna get him. Kyrie gonna get him fits. Say, bro, Drew, but, Drew is a perennial all defensive yeah, team. The problem, the problem, though, Ray. He's gonna have to guard. He's gonna have to guard. He's gonna have to guard. What? 
You got to listen, Kyrie. Listen, we got to get fast. We got a guest coming. What you say? No, no, we got a guest coming. Come on, man. Get this over with. What you just saying? Is Drew going to get Kyrie fit? Say, bro. I don't know, man. Dude is perennial all defense for a reason, though. Listen, I do feel like it's a... He ain't going to stop Kyrie, but he's going to make Kyrie work. This is going to be a hard matchup. Kyrie's going to work hard to get his shots up. But the problem is, with if Kyrie has to work hard to get shots up, that means he's going to take more shots. And that's going to take away from Harden. Yep. He'll take away from what's name. Kyrie it's it's, it's an intriguing series right. because the problem, because here's, hold on, hold on, let me finish. Let me finish. The problem with KD's always had is against somebody like, like Giannis. He's had problems with Giannis. And Giannis at that four with KD, KD can, KD can go do his thing, but Giannis is going to pound him. They're just going to build a bracket. And I mean, uh, got to play ball. Here's the problem. Dude, but, here's the problem. Uh, here's the problem. That's intriguing right. series, though. Here's the problem with, but no, because here's the problem with what you're saying. The teams who build brackets to can beat Giannis had the personnel to do it. The Nets do not have the talent or the personnel to build that, that wall up. They don't have it. Too small. They don't have it. Blake is not in the All you got to do, do is stay in front. They ain't boss. They don't, they they don't have, David, they don't they have the players. Stop. They don't have the talent on that team to do it. That's why That's why it's going to be real interesting to see how that works. You want to bet on that series? If I like, it happens, yeah. I like the Tucker pickup, though. I like to see what happens to it. I, I, I'll bet you a fresh hundred on it. And when, it, when we get to the series too, okay. I, I like I like the Tucker pickup. He ain't gonna be no, he ain't gonna be no getting no haircut or nothing. He ain't gonna be like, see, bro. I can't even find this Jordan that just dropped. Yo, he trying to sell Jordans. I don't need him. Dog, trying to put Jordans. He trying to sell Jordans. I don't need him, bro. I want to see you selling that. Sell the stock Don't sell that to me. Exactly. I'm about to get paid in the playoffs. Right, let's, get, I'm, let's, I'm get ready, let's get ready, Let's get to the next. Let's get to the next uh, topic, man. Let's talk about the Clippers. They got it's a, it's, they've shown a lot in the last seven games. They had a seven, a seven game winning streak. Um, they they played Philly tough without without Kawhi. Mm-hmm. So so this is my question, especially with the addition of Rondo. I'm gonna start with you, Key. Do you think that? Do you think the Clippers have enough to dethrone the Lakers? I uh, if the Lakers healthy, I know because I just don't. It depends on PG. If the Lakers healthy, if LeBron and AD are one hundred percent, no. But if they, if AD is not and LeBron is not one hundred percent, yes. But if every team is healthy, I, I still will get an edge up to my Lakers because I just think AD and LeBron is better than they two. You know what I'm saying? So. You, we never know what we're going to get from Paul George in the playoffs. He's balling right now. He's, for me, he should be in the MVP conversation too, you know what I'm saying, like I mentioned. But if LeBron and AD is, are healthy, and I like the drum and pick up, you know what I'm saying, we did, we, I just think the Lakers will still win that series. It will be better. They will push him. It won't be a cakewalk. I can see that going six or seven. But – at the end of the day, I would still get an edge to the Lakers coming out the West if AD and LeBron are healthy. But I'm, it depends on health. I with you on that. I, th- I think what helped the Lakers out for real, for real, is being McLemore. Because mm. and, and the only reason I say that is that gives him a guy. He's not a. That gives him a guy who can come off the bench and he can get hot. He can get you about fifteen in a row. You know what I'm saying? He can get you a hot fifteen. Then he back on the bench, especially when the Lakers go through them dead spells. Cause they do have them spells where they they go through them dead spells, and I think I, I think I do think that the Clippers and the Lakers, if they eventually meet, I think it might come down to a seven game series. Yeah, bigger series. And now if the Lakers healthy, then I it's still, I think it still will come down to a seven game. But it can 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 the Clippers just get get out of their own way? That's just the bottom line. Can they get out of their way and make it to the to the finals? 
Yeah, I got Lakers, man. I trust LeBron and AD versus I trust Kawhi and uh, PG-13, man. And will Rondo play enough to even be a true factor? Oh, yeah. Right? Like, is is, is he going to start come playoffs or are you going to still go with Reggie Jackson or Pat Bell? Like, like that's what I want to see. And Rondo, I mean, he's playing well. He's hitting the jumper now. Right, but they all run those a thing, bro. <laughs> like he, he's balling, but I just don't trust. Like this PG, I've seen this before. He's he's gonna play well the regular season. I don't care if he got the corn rolls or not. I need to see it come play off when it matters most in the crunch situation. Can Kawhi be that leader to lead that team? I think they got. It ain't Rondo. even about PG. Bro. They got Rondo, it has Rondo to be the leader. Rondo the leader. Rondo the leader. Say, bro, it, it shouldn't be that way, well, right? Like, Rondo just coming there yesterday. Yo, now he's the leader of the team. Let, let, let say What's this. that says about your let, 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 let me say this. Guess who? Guess who? Guess who was the leader? Right he could be a leader, he's just not a vocal. But guess who was the leader in the bubble for the Lakers? Rondo. It was Rondo. You can say it's Ron all day, but it was Rondo because when when Rondo came back, the whole Lakers was starting to change. Everything changed for them. Without Rondo, the Lakers don't win. Like exactly, they don't win. They don't win last year. So why would you don't push them against the Clippers? Then why you don't push them over the top? Because I don't know what what. Paul George is going to show up. It's going to be a seven-game This is the problem. The other superstars got to show up. If they show up, it's going to be a game seven. I think it'll be a game seven. I think so, It's a good series, but I just don't But Rondo, I'm going to tell you now, if Rondo don't come back to the Lakers in the playoff, the Lakers don't beat Denver. They don't beat them. They don't beat them. Rondo, like you said, he made everybody better. And it ran smooth. It ran smooth. And that's what he's doing for the Clippers right now. So it's going to be scary. This is, I'm telling you. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> it's over for the Lakers. I think the, I think the Clippers beat them. And if it, it may go seven, I think it may go six. Okay. I think the Clippers have a better bench. Yeah. Um, Rondo is real. I'm not sure why you keep doubting him. I mean, I ain't doubting him. I just, yes, like, is he going to play enough yes, to be a factor? Why he not? Why he not? 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 You don't know what's going to happen in Let the playoffs, though. Reggie, Reggie and Pat Bell. Pat Bell ain't playing. They gonna be on the bench. I'm gonna tell you right now, Pat Bell gonna be on the but bench. Pat Bell coming off the bench and Reggie coming off the bench is better. Yeah. Actually, Rondo Pat Bell don't even need to play. Rondo starts now. Uh, so Reggie starts. I mean, maybe the other game. No, Reggie. I don't think Rondo played the other game. I think Rondo's been starting. No, Reg, been starting. no, Reggie, Reggie starts, but Rondo played more. Well, he may play more minutes. He played more minutes. And he played more minutes. He plays in the crunch time. He plays in the crunch time. At the end of the day, bro. I do feel like I feel like this is it. I think this is the this is the time for the Clippers. They yeah, got all the they time. gotta do it. Yeah. I don't I, I don't want to put this on a, a injury thing with the Lakers because the Lakers are resting their players. They should be better. They should be well rested and ready. Yeah, I think it was playoff. Play I think him and AD would have been back. I think it don't matter if they if they are rested resting right now. First of all, they need to worry about the seven seed because they got to play that playing game. Yeah, you ain't lying. Number one, number two, they're at the same time they're still yo Dave Carter. They still play. They've already played a certain level of, of, of games. And if if they come back at the time, they're going to get enough. They probably get like 10 games in. Mm-hmm. They should be ready. The rest should be off. If they meet the Clippers. Probably the second round. In the second round. If not, because the Clippers are only like one or two games back in the, in, in his, in the second seed. Yeah. I think no, so. Phoenix should be Phoenix, about, No, about Phoenix, three. Phoenix, Phoenix is two. around one. And the Clippers are like two. No, no Phoenix is two. Phoenix is two. Utah Phoenix is two. Utah. No, 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 no. Clippers no, that's not what I'm saying. Oh, behind. I'm talking about the amount of games behind. that they're, they're, they're oh, behind. Yeah, yeah. They won, like, Phoenix, like, a game behind, maybe yep. two. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then Clippers, like, three or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So, if the Clippers, I'm just saying, man, if they get Hold there on, and they're in there and, and they're in there and they're ready, I think it's over, bro. I think the Clippers beat them. Yeah, it's going to be I interesting. Play, I think Clippers get them in six. It's, it's going to be a good It's going to be interesting. If not seven. 
Yeah, it's going to be real. Because all the pressure will be on the Lakers if they go to a seven-game series. Yeah. It'll be on LeBron. LeBron's got to show up. And we got to see what he does. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think if the playoffs was now, I think LeBron and AD. I don't know if LeBron can come back right now. He need, I he think he might know. I think LeBron. He out of the walking boots. I think he. But you can be. Once you out of the walking boots, I think he can play. I think he, he would. I think he would rough it and play. All right, we ready? All right. Let me know. If you, Dave. You good? Yeah, I'm here. What's up, bro? All right. Hey, so today we have a special guest. One of my homeboys from uh, South Carolina, from Camden. What? They're clapping, man. Oh, my bad, bro. My bad. So today I got guests from South Carolina, Camden, Kirkwood. Stand up. Yes, sir. One of, <laughs> from straight out of Kirkwood, baby. Straight out of Kirkwood. One of my good what friends. You no, know, I look at him as a big brother. He's very knowledgeable in a lot of things, man. You know, basketball, sports, spiritually, all of that. So he's a great dude. Known him practically all my life. He went to HBCU, South Carolina State University. He's right there now. He's a professor there. He uh, works with our uh, editor for the HBCU Times. Look him up. He's a, he's around. My man Dave Stan. Welcome to the Organ Brothers Podcast. Glad for you. Glad for you to be here, bro. And thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. I appreciate. Thank you so much for the invite. So so to the right of me we have JD, Alabama A and M finest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not go to Alabama A and M. No, we went to Alabama State finest. Alabama State finest. We got my man Ray, Grambling finest, and then we have an alternate, my man Key. You know he rep Alcorn State or whoever winning the swag. You know we don't know which one because they always win the swag. So so that's the that's the podcast. We the Argon Brothers podcast. Glad to have you again. Let's get it. All right, all right. <laughs> hey, Dave, man, how you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, good, good. So I know you're a South Carolina State guy, right? That's right. Man, how how is it down there? Because you guys beat us the other day. I didn't. It, it shouldn't happen. Uh, a couple of weeks ago at Alabama State, man, y'all, y'all y'all gave us a good game and you beat us fourteen seven. We actually gave the game to you. Let me say that much, we but. We were coming off a tough loss to um, Alabama A&M, so we said we could not lose to both Alabama schools, so we had to get a victory. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't like it at all. I think our play call was a little suspect. Uh, we had we had you against the ropes a few times, but man, we just we just didn't get it done. You guys, yeah. you guys play some good football down there. Yeah, man, I was actually surprised, man. I thought this was going to be a down year for us after. Um, Alabama A&M spanked us pretty good. I was like, man, we in for a long, you know, rough two two or three games. But, you know, thank God Buddy Pugh was able to put together a nice little game plan and they came out with a victory. So, How you guys been managing the COVID year down there? That's it's it. tough, but we've basically been um, virtual um, for the whole year. When we, when we returned to school in the spring, um, you know, it was – it was still virtual, and then probably around March, uh, most of the students returned back to campus. But the graduate students are still um, doing school virtually. But man, it's been a tough year, man. I said most of the, um, you know, most of the students they they chose SC State because it was a face-to-face school. If they wanted to go to an online program, they would have went to another school that was an online program. So it was a tough adjustment for everybody. But you know, as we do at HBCUs, we're resilient and 
you know, we basically, you know, did what we needed to do to, to make the transition. So it's been a tough year. Though. I'm not even going to, you know, front. So, yeah. So talk to me a little bit about also, because I mean, I, I, we, we've always experienced how the COVID has been dealing with us up here, uh, dealing with the different frame of mind. Like as far as like just not having the students on campus, like, and you've been a professor there, like how have you adjusted to mm-hmm. life of just not having students around, being there, talking to you, educating them. Like, how do you guys adjust to that to that change? You know, like I said, it's been tough, but you know, basically, it's given me um, the opportunity to do more and to embrace technology a lot more than I have been doing in the past. I know everybody's probably sick of Zoom calls by now, but you know, just utilizing some of the existing technology, um, Zoom. Um, Microsoft Teams, um, and just different different multimedia platforms to connect and communicate with students. It's forced a lot of people outside of their comfort zone, but I think by embracing that technology, it's given everybody uh, an opportunity to even expand their repertoire in terms of how they teach. So when we do, you know, return back um, full-time, face-to-face, we have we have another you know technological tool at our disposal, so I think it's only going to make us stronger moving forward. And what it also made us realize is that you don't always have to be you know in a in a given place in a physical space. That there are a lot of meetings that you can have that can be virtual meetings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we you know, over the years we've wasted a lot of time. You know, people traveling you know one and two hours to get to a meeting that could have been a virtual call. So even mm-hmm. though it's been I think there there have been some lessons learned that you don't always have to meet face to face to have effective communications with, with faculty, staff, students, administration, alumni, et cetera. So, I saw just moving from that point. I wanted I wanted you to talk about the HBCU times as well, and how you guys are utilizing the times through this COVID mm-hmm. year. Yeah, well, the HBCU Times magazine. I actually started the magazine back in two thousand. In 17, um, my mother was battling uh, cancer at the time. I was back back and forth from Orangeburg to Camden, South Carolina, and I was staying with her um, one week. And, you know, after chemo, oftentimes your body's tired. And mm-hmm. yeah. one night she went to bed, like, maybe 4.30, and I was just bored, like 6 o'clock, and I was playing around on Facebook, and I started the um, HBCU Times Facebook group. And when I woke up the next morning, the, the group had like 5,000 people in the group, and then the group kept growing and growing. Uh, now we have about, I think, about 34,000 members in that group. But basically, when I started the group, all I was doing was just posting positive stories about HBCUs from the various um, Facebook pages of HBCUs across the country. And, you know, after about doing that for about six months, I said, I need to really do something more than just a Facebook group with this. And that's when I came up with the idea to turn it into a magazine. And then here we are about four years later, it's still going strong. So, But it all started from a Facebook group. Hey, yo, Dave, we need to get a part of that magazine. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, need, we need a little small write-up in the magazine, Dave. We got you. Oh, man, for sure, for sure. Oh, you can just get us, because uh, I've checked out your magazine. You guys have a bunch of uh, Polaroids out there with your ambassadors holding the magazine. <laughs> we can be a brand ambassador to exactly. HBCU Times now, because, you know, we got handsome faces. <laughs> you know what I mean? We got swag. Yeah. We can put it all together for you. 
Man, that's cool because I've been getting a lot of flack. Everybody want to know why I only only post pretty women in the magazine. I'm like, man, I definitely need to reach out to more dudes and have more guys come on board as ambassadors. And um, the the group has is about 67 percent female, and they sick of seeing all those pretty girls. Yeah, hey, look, man, sex sells, though, man. Like, you know, <laughs> if it's working, man, keep pushing it, dog. But, but, Dave, on a, on, a, on a note, though, yeah, we can, we, can, we can get a couple of shirt ties, you know, get dressed up and take a picture for oh. you for the, uh, for the time and put a little write-up in for the Arguing Brothers podcast. And I've noticed you do not have any ambassadors that graduate from the Alabama State University. So I, yeah. I'm upset about that. Man, that's okay. We're always expanding, and we, you know, we're not going to leave any HBCUs behind. It's, that was just the first group of ambassadors that we selected, but you know, we definitely have love for Alabama A&M. Matter of fact, the president of oh, Alabama. Wait, 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 wait! Now you didn't went, you didn't went too far. You did it again. Now. You listen to this man trying to hype you Don't disrespect Mother Dear. Don't disrespect Mother Dear, man. All right, listen. Alabama, right, the school on the hill. I won't, I won't say the president of Alabama A&M is a bulldog. I won't say it. Man, but, to, so Dave, since we talking about the amb- ambassadors, man, like explain that explain that process for us right. selecting people to be a brand ambassador. Well, the process was we basically sent out a call for ambassadors um, through our Facebook, um, Instagram, and Twitter pages, and we also sent we also sent an email to some of the university relations offices at HBCUs across the country. And what we were looking for were basically people who were enthusiastic about HBCUs. Um, one of the main one of the main components of the HBCU um, Times Magazine is we just want to share positive stories about HBCUs. We also have a nonprofit called the HBCU Times Group, and the purpose of that group is to um, help HBCUs increase or enhance their retention rates. So. Um, when we sent out the call call for HBCU Times ambassadors, we were just looking for people who were, um, you know, either a student or an alum of an HBCU and someone who was enthusiastic about HBCUs. We didn't have a, a whole lot of criteria. I think we asked them to have at least like a 2.8 GPA, um, but, you know, we, we were open. We were open. We, were, we weren't just looking for faces. It just kind of turned out that way. Um, but those women, they're a very talented. Most of those ambassadors are very talented. Um, look at uh, Chelsea um, Bosley. She she just graduated from the Thurgood Marshall School of Law, just passed the bar her first time. Chantavia uh, Edmonds, who is an ambassador, this young lady just graduated uh, from Claflin last year, and she's and she's now in pharmacy school at Campbell University. So. Um, you know, and even the guys, man, Terrence Tucker is one of our ambassadors. He's one of the most highly sought after motivational speakers in the country. Uh, Macy Smith, she just got elected to the SE State Board of Trustees, uh, very powerful entrepreneur. So we're just looking for movers and shakers and people who are excited about HBCU. Yeah, that's a good look, man. Sound like right down our alley. Yep. You know, yes, you're, right. you're looking for movers and shakers, that's us. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yep. What's up, Dave? This is uh, this, uh, Keon. Uh, so uh, I want to talk about the state of the MEAC, right, and teams leaving, what? and what is the long-term impact, and especially 
you know, especially when you had like rivalries in the MEAC, like they played different people from their homecoming by some of those yeah. teams joining the SWAC. What impact you would think will have on, you know, their fan base that used to going to like a North Carolina uh, A&T and a Florida A&M game? So just, you know. You know what? That's a great question, man. And, um, you know, it has many components to it. And I was just asking myself today, why would, you know, why are all these teams leaving the MEAC? If I look at a school like North Carolina A&T, the only, the only thing I can say is I can understand it from a geographical perspective in terms of where they're located. But when I look at all of the other metrics, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. When you look at the culture, I was like, what does this add to North Carolina A&T? You have a HBCU that's one of the, probably the largest public HBCUs, close to 12,000 students. Their stadium capacity is about 21,000. They've been in a celebration bowl three times on ESPN. And I look at I look at the schools in the Big South Conference that they're going to, and I looked at, uh, for example, I looked at. Let me see. I looked at Kennesaw State, their stadium maximum capacity, 8,000. Uh, Presbyterian uh, maximum seating capacity, 6,500. Charleston Southern maximum seating capacity, 4,500. Okay. Campbell University maximum seating capacity, 6,200. I'm like, you're, you're already at a university where you face teams like SC State, um, Alabama, I mean, not Alabama A&M, but um, Florida A&M. Those schools have, you know, fifteen to 20,000 seating capacity, and you're going to basically, to me, it's a smaller conference. Yeah. Um, and so so I, I really didn't understand it from that perspective. Um, I really don't see any of the teams in the Big South on television. I don't think you're going to drum up a lot of support from ESPN to, to broadcast these games in the Big South. Rarely do I see Hampton or Tennessee State, who are also in the Big South on television, I just didn't understand the move. And like you said, culturally, when you think about the rivalries um, in the MEAC, SC State, North Carolina A&T, North Carolina A&T, FAMU, Morgan State, Howard, I just don't see how North Carolina A&T versus Charleston Southern is going to be, how that that game is going to become a big rivalry from a fan perspective. And then you haven't even talked about the bands. You know, one of the things about – HBCUs that we take seriously as the band. I mean, the the halftime shows are just as competitive as the football games. So it's just a lot. It just leaves a lot of questions unanswered in terms of why, at least why A&T is moving to the Big South. Now, on the flip side, <clears throat> I can kind of understand Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman going to the SWAC uh, the SWAC is an extremely exciting conference, very competitive conference. Um, and if you look at it even from a band perspective, I think the bands in the SWAC conference are, uh, I don't want to say superior, but they are very, very competitive they bands. Are you know? They are superior. I don't <laughs> it's it's use... okay to admit it. It's okay to admit it. It's okay to admit it, Dave. Yeah, so I look at Southern University, I look at Jackson State, I look at Prairie View, I look at Alabama A&M, Alabama State, I look at all of those universities with big football programs and big bands. I can see the fit there, but I just don't jump to the Big South. Dave, I don't don't, don't. Grambling, bro. Come on, though. Bro, you messing up. That's just that Grambling. He said Grambling. Okay, just make sure, man. Old conference, man. Because Dave, Dave, uh, you know what I'm saying, I... uh, 
actually worked with a guy that, you know, a couple of people that go to, uh, who went to North Carolina and T, and they were saying they don't know if they want to even go to homecoming because they don't feel like it'll be the and same. And they got the GHOE. Yeah, so. Homecoming, that's tough. So, you know, because they was playing, like, Florida and them different teams for homecoming. So they was like, yeah. you playing teams, like you said, from the Big South, he's like, man, I'm not even excited about even going to homecoming. So, because, you know, they just used to having different rivalries. So that's why I asked that question. So yeah, then, and you know what, maybe, maybe on the flip side, you know, each team, they get a few open games out of conference. Maybe they'll save one of those spots for homecoming and they can still play, you know, some of their rivalries for homecoming. I, I don't know. I don't know what they got going on over at A&T, but it doesn't make sense to me, you know, from the outside looking in. But obviously they have a plan and they're going to work their plan. So we'll see how it works out for them. Hey, David, do you think maybe they made this move because of Hampton? Um. I, but it could be, but I'm like, how? I don't see how Hampton's program, football or athletics program, was enhanced by them moving to um, to the Big South Conference. Right. They're basically they're basically a mediocre team at best in the Big right. South. Right. Uh, we used to hear about Hampton all the time. I really don't hear much about their football team anymore. You think it's the payout, like the money that they're making going to the Big South versus staying in the MEAC? Yeah, you know that's something. I no, I mean, I, it could be that. And I was wondering, like, what's the financial implications of them, you know, moving to the big stop with the payouts alike. But at the same time, when that's why I looked up the information on the seating capacity. When you just look at, like, ticket sales, it can't be that much. You know, I can't see it being that much of a difference between the big South and the, um, and the MIAC conference. And maybe the opportunity, too, to go to the Division Two playoffs. Like, you know, the FCS playoffs, that could be, you know, a motivating factor as well. Well, they were all – I mean, all you had to do was win your conference. I mean, you didn't have to go to the Celebration Bowl. You turn it down. Yeah, yeah he's right. Can turn I, it they didn't have – I mean, they still could have had the option of going to the playoffs if they wanted to. Yeah, but it. when I looked at North Carolina a ts record in the playoffs, they've never won a playoff game. So, I mean – you know, and I, I just felt like the nerve of them. I just felt like they weren't used to winning. And I don't, you know, not trying to be too negative. No, you're absolutely North- correct. No, you're absolutely correct. They are <laughs> not used to winning. Like, not, 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 honestly, Broadway has, has done a great job over there. Like, they've been, Listen, he's doing a great job. This is what I'm saying. A&T just started winning. Just if you go back, winning. If you go back and look at your stats, um, A&T has about 12 MEAC championships. And most of those are in the past, you know, six or seven years. Their record straight up against South Carolina State is South Carolina State 33, North Carolina A&T 22. Um, SC State has won 17 MEAC championships. I mean, they just started winning. So, I mean, I just feel like, hey, you're moving a little fast. Um, just slow down and, and just, you know, take it slowly. Now, one thing, okay, what's the school? Coastal Carolina, they were able to to, to – to come into the Big South and then make the, the leap to the next level. But to me, that's an anomaly, man. Coastal just started their program in the early parts of 2000, and I don't know how they got that good that fast, but that just doesn't happen all the time. They so money, man. <laughs> <laughs> they do money, baby. <laughs> I mean, hats off to them, but, you know, I, I don't know. Is I don't know. If the money's right. Can they sustain it, though? Because, you know, a lot of times people come out fast – and then after about mm-hmm. two or three years, things start going bad and they don't sustain it. Then you're looking for new coaches, you know, new yeah. individuals coming to your school. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I just want to see if they can sustain it. Yeah, it'd be nice to see. Yeah. 
see if they can sustain it. But if the money's right and they can pay coaches, I guess they can remain competitive. Um, we'll see what happens. But I, personally, I don't, I don't, I don't like the the teams leaving the MIAC. I'm not a fan of it at all. So, Dave, what do you what are your thoughts on Dion and Eddie George taking over programs with no coaching experience, but coming back to HBCUs to get a time? Well, when you, I mean, I have mixed feelings about it. Number one, I'm excited. I'm ex- on the one hand, I'm excited about you know Deion Sanders coming back and coaching at at uh, Jackson State University. Uh, what people don't know is Dion actually graduated from Talladega College a couple sure years ago. Yeah, he did last so, year actually. Yep. Yeah, so he he has a degree from an HBCU, but I think I think it's a slap in the faces to coaches who put in work. Um, who've paid their dues, and to have somebody who really doesn't have any college co- coaching experience um, to leapfrog them and, um, you know, land those jobs. But when you look at, you know, somebody like Deion Sanders, he can bring corporate connections to the table. There are so many other relationships that he has, uh, not only with on the college level, but with the NFL level, level corporate levels. So I can see it, not so much for Eddie George. I don't, I don't see Eddie George having those same corporate ties that a Deion Sanders would. Um, so, but I don't know. I'm excited to see how it works out. I really hope it works out. Um, you know, we don't have any evidence. The best predictor of success is what you've done in the past. So it's kind of hard to say how they'll do. It's been a little bit of rough for Deion starting out. Everybody thought he was just going to go there and wave his magic wand, but no, it doesn't work like that. Uh, he's run into some very strong programs in the SWAC, and he's just you know starting to get a taste of what he's going to be getting for a long time. Um, so if he can if he can land those four and five star recruits, I think he'll be okay. Do you think about his staff though? Because I mean, his staff. I mean, not 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 Deion's staff. I'm talking about Eddie George's staff. He's supposed to be bringing in um, Hugh Jackson, which is big. That's a big to have that type of NFL experience there. Somebody who can come in dive in and, and give you those adjustments that can give you that type of experience and that expertise there, I mean, it's humongous. Like, what do you think about that? Do you think that's something that, you know, they, we should look at, they should look into bringing in, bringing in these coaches from, um, from the NFL and, and bringing in these, cause especially, I mean, guys like, let's say Hugh Jackson, other guys out there who, you know, former NFL coaches that just, you know, doing nothing right now, bring those guys in, Bring into yeah. these programs and help these help develop these programs and help develop your talent. I don't. I mean, I'm definitely. I do believe that if if you're not necess, if you don't necessarily have the experience of coaching to bring in people with more experience, that totally makes sense. My concern is like, how can you pay for that? Like, how can you afford these guys? If you're familiar with the pay structure, I know you guys are. You know, when you <laughs> yeah, look at like absolutely. when you look at how they pay HBCU football coaches versus how they play pro and um, PWI coaches, I mean, there's quite a disparity. I mean, your running back coaches probably make more than a lot of your head coaches in the MEAC. So, yeah. I'm I'm just wondering, like, how can um, Tennessee State University? How can they, you know, really pay all of these high-level, high-profile assistant coaches? I believe Eddie George is getting about four hundred thousand without bonuses. He yeah, yeah so I'm just bonuses. wondering how they can sustain it. I know um, we just featured Tennessee State University's president on the cover 
um, in January, she's, I mean, she's done some amazing things at Tennessee University, but you know, all HBCUs struggle financially in, in one way or another. So I'm just wondering how can, how are they going to be able to afford to pay these coaches? Maybe that's, that'll come in with some of the corporate connections that they have. And I know, I know that the president at Tennessee State, I know she has a ton of corporate connections as well. So hopefully they'll be able to make it work. Um, but when you look at when you look at the the infrastructure and you look at you know what they have to work with, I think I think there are going to be some challenges moving forward because Dion almost had a hissy fit when he realized the type of facilities he had to work with. So, same Florida State, which is tough. I mean, that, we all can see that you know HBCUs we are the deprived of those top top notch facilities on our yeah. campuses, and you have to realize that. A lot of, it's not even just the campus stuff. A lot of these guys, when they when they get away from the program during the summer, they're able to. They those large programs have the financial capabilities to be able to put those guys in training sessions, private sessions with coaches, um, yeah. private sessions with these professional coaches out there that can help develop their talent. You know, like HBCUs, man, you don't have that. Mm-mm. You're building off credit, yeah. so a lot of this stuff you're gonna have to do to get these guys ready to so that you can show them they can still make it to the pros. I mean, that's, yeah, that's, and that's the goal. Absolutely. You're, you're absolutely correct on that. So I don't know. But I, I hope it works out. Uh, people forget, you know, Doug Williams was also a, a NFL Super Bowl champion yeah. and Super Bowl MVP who went back to Grambling and coached. So, but he had coaching experience along the way. Yeah. Hey, all it takes is, you know, one opportunity, man, and you just never know. Yeah. And like I said, I, I think these Jackson State and Tennessee State are banking on the name of Eddie George and the name of Dion to get these kids to come there. You know, these BCUs have been getting transfers, four-star, five-star that haven't made it at these big D1s since the, the beginning of time. The beginning it's, of time, it's, it's right? So it ain't like it's nothing new. It's nothing new. But getting these kids there, they got to be receptive to the coaching, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean because you have an all-star coaching staff doesn't mean these kids going to take to it. But they got to have the type of coaching that's going to show these kids they can make it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Right, and it has to prove it. Like, you know, it, it, it's a long process with Dion and Eddie George, but until yeah. you can show, man, I can get yeah. a receiver to, to, the, to the pros, I'm going mm-hmm. to Alabama. It's been proven, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's a proven like recipe. That, the program's they're out They're going to have to put kids in the league, whether it's, Absolutely. you know, late round draft or whatever. They're going to have to prove that in order to show yeah. that this is paying off. And let me ask you this question. Let me ask you the next question here. So... Yeah. There are also a lot of rumbling about coaches like, um, I mean, not coaches, but players like Eddie George. I mean, not Eddie, just, excuse me, Ed Reed and, um, mm-hmm. and um, um, Ray Lewis. Yeah. Those guys wanted, wanted to be coaches. And a lot mm-hmm. of people are saying that, hey, they should come down to HBCUs and take over these programs and become the head coach there. What do you think about those type of guys? Once again, another, 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 um, uh, yeah. another caliber of players that don't have the head coaching experience. But they have the cachet. They have other things going on. What do you think about those guys coming in, taking over some of these programs, and and taking charge and and trying to lead them to the next level? You know what? I, I have a problem with it. I do. I mean, a slight problem with it because I mean, you don't have to necessarily coach at an HBCU to be an advocate or supporter of an HBCU. How about start with some support? Um, how about help with fundraising? How about, you know, how about show a commitment to HBCUs and, you know, everybody just kind of jumping on the bandwagon because Dion did it. I don't think that just by having, uh, you know, a, a 
someone with a big name like Ray Lewis is necessarily going to turn a program around. How about start as a coaching emeritus and see how that works out to see if you're able to bring students, um, you know, high caliber athletes to HBCUs. I just don't know how that's going to work out. And I think what it does, I think it, it creates a certain level of resentment and distrust among coaches who, who paid the, you know, who paid their dues and who, who are, who've been coaching for years and who've been waiting for an opportunity to just have these guys who've never really paid HBCUs any attention to now all of a sudden, because they had a stellar, you know, NFL career or what have you, that now all of a sudden they get to just jump the line. I, I think that's unfair to a lot of the people who have paid their dues. Uh, I give Dion an exception because uh, I give Dion a pass just because Dion is just more than just, you know, uh, uh, all-star NFL player Dion is a freaking icon, so I, I definitely give Dion a pass. With these other guys, I, I'm not so much. Not so much. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. But you know, like I said, like do like Chris Paul is doing. Chris Paul has, you know, been an advocate since the bubble for oh, Winston Salem State. Winston Salem State. You know, his family went there. Like, like you said, be that advocate for HBCUs to help yeah. bring awareness and bring money and raise money. You know, and that's, that's what they're gonna need. The money is what they need. But Dan, let me ask you this yeah, question: If Chris Paul's son don't go to Winston Salem State, are you gonna have a problem? Because right. I would have a problem if he his son don't go play there. And, and if he, I don't care, he's a five star athlete. If he don't go play with Salem State, I'm gonna have a problem with him. Yeah, but you know what we've seen. But you know, you, you're right. It's gonna be some issues. But you know, these kids get to pick, and it's kind of hard to sell them sometimes. But I even look at like even in college basketball, you've had people like George Lynch to take over programs. I think he was coaching at Clark University at one time. Um, that doesn't necessarily translate, you know, to a successful program just because you have a former NBA player. I think Kenny Anderson was coaching at a smaller school. Uh, you got Juan Dixon coaching at Coppin State University. Yeah, so necessarily, you know, mean that your program is going to be elevated just by their presence. Uh, unless you're able to, you know, get those four or five star athletes who, like you guys said, uh, adapt, adapt to the culture, who accept the coaching, and who really want to commit to those institutions. So it sounds good. It really sounds good. But I think, you know, even in, I think it's tough. I think it's going to be tougher in football than it is in basketball. Uh, football, there are a lot more pieces, a lot more players, a lot more coaches. There are a lot of more, there are a lot. A lot of moving pieces that you can't necessarily control um, in basketball. If you can just get five guys to commit to go to a program, you can turn it around. You get a class like the Fab Five to say, "Hey, hey, we're going to Grambling." Then you got a, a championship caliber team day one. It doesn't quite work like that in football. Yeah, you can't just have one one big five star in the whole recruit class like the Don Maker at Howard. Like that yeah. is not going to change the, the the culture of a program. And you know, take mm -hmm. the program to the next level. I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so what do you think about um, like the social media area? What can HBCUs do to promote to improve like enrollment? You know, bring money to the school outside of what just like the alums will probably bring in. I think HBCUs really have to do a better job of taking advantage of social media because it's free. Um, I think they have to be targeted in their approach. Um, you, not only do you have to reach the students, but you also have to reach the parents. You have to reach the teachers, and you have to reach those school counselors. And a lot of times your teachers and your school counselors and even some of our parents, they just don't know 
um, about the positive stories and, and the good things that go on at HBCUs and really your school counselors because, you know, I I can tell you guys 50 to 100 stories of kids who wanted to go to HBCUs and the school counselor or guidance counselor told them to, you know, choose a predominantly white institution. So I think there's just a lot of work that we can do on social media just by sharing, you know, the um, high school kids want to know, you know, what can I do with this degree? You know, I think by showcasing what your alums are doing, especially your young, young alums, not talking about, you know, what happened in the 70s or 80s, but showcasing what your recent alums are doing, uh, showcasing programs that are strong, you know, what are HBCUs need to figure out what their signature programs are, and really showcase those things online, targeting parents, uh, students, teachers, school counselors, and administrators. I think that would really help. Yeah. Okay. All right, Dave. Uh, so, do you feel like black athletes should uh, support HBCUs instead of a charity like the Red Cross and others? Because my opinion, I feel like it should be more. You should do. It should be more than athletes. It should be people who went to HBCUs, yep. even if you donating. Ten dollars, five dollars. You know, just getting a group and do that every other month or something. So, I think in society we put a lot on the athlete when just regular people who went to HBCUs can go yeah. there too. Cause we go out and buy shoes, clothes, <laughs> bottles. Hold, hold on, Dave. Hold, hold on, Dave, for your answer. That I got a problem with what you just said because I put my money out there for my my for my alum for my school. But I'm not. But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But the school sometimes Alabama State. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus on this school totally because I, I could generalize and say a lot of different things. But Alabama State at times don't put the resources together to show me how my funding is helping supporting the school system, or su- uh, supporting the students in different areas. And that's a lot of times why I see with HBCUs. HBCU, yep. You don't see direct connection yeah. of where your funds are going yep. to help support the school. Yeah. We want to do it. We all want to be involved and help. And and I'm part of the alumni chapter, right? I still don't see the connection. Yeah. They just cleaned up a national, a national, um, the national uh, um, uh, alum association, right? They just cleaned it up where all the chapters now follow a straight, strict guideline throughout, right? So what you're saying makes is 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 it has merit. It just necessary. It may be pick and choosing what school and what school. Some schools do it better. They they have a better right. pro, they have a better they have a better understanding of how to structuralize their organization so the support shows and people are willing to get back more. You can even see the schools, like the Morehouses, right? The uh, the uh, the Clark Atlanta, uh, North Carolina A&T, uh, the Hamptons. They, it's other schools. Howard, Howard, mm-hmm. you know, Howard still has their own issues, uh, but it's, it's a lot of schools who you can see it. They're more at the forefront, and there you can see where the funding goes, and the, the, the students, the alums are more willing to give more. Yep. But then when I get to that, sometimes I like I have problems with people that are out of the state, and I have problems with the faculty there. And we go back and forth about a lot of stuff because of the fact that I don't like what you're doing. And I'm like, listen, when I come when I come down to that school and I'm coming down to a game and it's a big game I know that's going on, I want to feel welcome. I want to feel like, listen, you you graduated here. We want to make sure all the alums come back and feel like they're welcome and they feel and they feel loved and they feel like everything is set out there so that we can come in and, and feel that that comfort level that you want to feel when you when you when you go to a school like that, right? Yeah. I'd have been in lines. There was only two people, and it almost took an hour to get a ticket. <laughs> and I just like it. Just and I'm just saying like that's the reason why I have issues. And I'd be like, when you say something to them, they're like, well, you know, this is how we are. No, I'm not thinking. You're you're thinking regional. I'm thinking national. Yeah. 
And you're looking at it like where you do, where y'all at, and I'm looking at it from a national standpoint. Like, you want me to bring in students? You want me to get my money back? I need mm-hmm. more of an understanding of, like, how you guys influence in this, the, the environment so that I can feel the support and people can feel the support coming in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my thing was, I, and I get all that, but I'm just saying, you know, two is just not, you know, athletes donate money. Right. Just everybody donate yeah. money. You know what I'm saying? Even if you not even going, you know what I'm saying, you had family went to the HBCU. You probably didn't go there. You probably went to uh, University of Maryland, but you got family went to uh, Howard. Just, you know what I'm saying? So I just want to put everything on athletes. But you can go ahead and answer the question. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't like necessarily, you know, commenting on what somebody else should do with that money per se. I don't like nobody telling me to do with my money. So I don't like watching people's pockets, <laughs> so to speak. True, but true, I, I, true. but on, the, on the flip side, I do understand what you're saying. And it's like, you know, we see what happens is people donate, you know, these guys donate to organizations that they believe in. But why do they believe in these organizations? Because the people, their coaches, um, their support networks, these are probably the organizations that they've been exposed to the most. Um, so they, they have some type of investment in those organizations. But I do wonder, like, how can you not think about the institutions that were created for you? Um, you know, HBCUs were created to educate minorities because they didn't want us at, at PWIs. So how can you not think about HBCUs if you're in a position to give and you're absolutely right there are people who attend HBCUs we do one of the one of the worst kept secrets is we do have very low alumni you know giving rates and if you're not if you're not giving yourself how do you expect other people to sow into your institutions that's a valid that's a valid argument but I do think that people should have a little more um, sensitivity about HBCUs I think they have to know a little bit more about the, the history, the productivity, and I think that, that kind of comes with the territory, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start the magazine, because a lot of people just don't know much about HBCUs. They don't know that HBCUs produce 85% of the nation's doctors. They don't know HBCUs produce 80% of the nation's black federal judges. They don't know that HBCUs produce 75% of black veterinarians. They don't know HBCUs produce... 75% of black military officers. So I think it's our job to let people know that they're sowing into to fertile ground when they sow to an HBCU. And you take a look at Robert Smith and his donation to the graduates of Morehouse a couple of years ago where he wiped out basically $40 million of debt. Here's a guy who never even attended an HBCU. And you look at what Mackenzie Scott um, the white philanthropist, her husband worked was, was the CEO, I believe it was Amazon, and she's given out probably close to two, three hundred million dollars to HBCUs. So there is value in HBCUs. I think I think that we just have to do a better job of telling our stories and just responding to what what he was saying about um, the treatment on campus. Customer service is an issue at HBCUs. Yes, it is a big issue. Address that. We have to address that. I don't know what it is, but it's just something that's consistent. You know, you even talk to the people at Howard. Howard has the same issue. Yes, Uh, HBCUs got issues, bro. David, it's called it's called firing people. Yeah. I, need, I need some replacement. I need them to listen. If I yeah. if I have bad customer service, if I if I yeah. did something to my job and I'm yeah. not and I'm not solidifying my services in the right way, they're gonna let me go. Yeah. Same way yeah. it goes on, man. But they don't care. 
But what I would challenge you to say, though, even if you feel that way, I still feel like you can donate back to university and you can have your funds earmarked specifically for scholarships so you at least know that these are going to scholarships if you don't trust any other aspect of that campus. And that's what I think that's something that we can encourage people to do who who aren't quite sure whether or not I should – you know, give back to an HBCU. Now, if you designate your funds, if you designate your, your donation, they, they don't have any choice but to put the money where you, where you tell them to put it, and that way you know exactly where your funds are going. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like you say, you hit the nail on it, and I agree with James. Like, sometimes we feel like when we give our money back to the, our school, like, where is the money going? You go back for homecoming. Like you say, you don't feel love. Like, they, they tell you as an alumni association, become a life member. Okay, yeah. what am I get? What I'm gonna get for my thousand dollars? Right, I, would, exactly. I, should, I should get I should get homecoming tickets, right? Like yeah. I went to the Bay- I went to Grandma, so I should have uh, tickets to the Bayou Classic at least two, right? Yeah. Yeah. I should have a suite. Things. I should have a, a seat in the suite with my name on it. Like at this point, if, if I'd have been in school, I'd have gave I don't know how much money gave y'all for the parking tickets you done put on my car. Every time I didn't, I didn't roll out there, I don't yeah. care about all the little stuff that y'all done did. Y'all done got on my nerves, overcharged me here and there. I had to stand in line just for financial aid. All these things going on. Everybody do that job. I have to feel. I feel like I feel like the complications you gave me to graduate. I feel like I should have my name on some type of seat in that in that brand new stadium that you have over there. This brand new. Oh, you sound like you want the whole thousand back. I want it. I want it all, and it just doesn't to me sometimes. Yeah. I feel like the experience that we all yeah. love, like we all love that HBCU experience. And when we're telling yeah. you were telling the, the younger generation about that experience, like that love and experience that we, we, yeah. we, we I always want to be truthful with them. Like, listen, the experience yeah. is great, but there is yeah. some other issues you're going to fall into and you yeah. got to be prepared for it. And you got to be mentally on under, mentally understand that they're just small, minute issues. You'll get through it. And even as alone, we still have our challenges. Yep. And I just want to make sure that, But you're right, though. What you're saying is absolutely right. And I hear alums using those same arguments in terms of why they don't give back. They still mad at the financial aid lady for 30 years ago. And the lady been... (laughs) She had no empathy telling you you don't have any money. But you know what? That lady done died. She done went on the glory. And we still mad at Hey, listen. I ain't died yet. So when I walked in the hallway, I I see it. I still... I, did, I have the dean of business school and my, my business school that I graduated off, out of, uh, yeah. Dean Vaughn, who's an amazing man. Dean Vaughn uh-huh. used to pull me out of class all uh-huh. the time just so he can just ask me some silly question. Now, now uh-huh. God rest his soul, he used to be like, Mr. Davis, how you doing today? I'm like, I'm fine. Like, why am I in here? Oh, I just want to see how you're doing. Do you have <laughs> your earrings in? You, I'm just like, no, sir, I, I don't have the earrings today. Uh, okay, well, you can go back to class. Why are you bothering me? Like, I'm, I'm sitting here, like, trying to figure this out. And it's just, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, that's the love that you get, and that's the love and care. Right? Yeah, it is. That's the it amazing is. part about that experience, because you get that hands-on, the hands-on experience, the hands-on yeah. love. But the one thing that you don't, you, but it, it just it's the other things, man, that the roadblocks yeah. that you have dealing with yeah. a university that just, you know, that just sometimes they keep the tradition there. Yeah. And sometimes the tradition is maybe not what suit fits or what's going with the narrative today. You know, I agree. And I think what happens a lot of times, not making excuses for them, I think a lot of times those offices, like your institutional 
advancement offices, those offices aren't usually adequately staffed, and they uh, oftentimes they don't have professionals trained in that area, so they have people who really don't know how to do that job, and that's you don't get the level of customer service that you would expect after you deliver a certain amount of a donation. But look at it as, you know, you know how you go to church and you tithe and you want to wonder why the pastor just got a new BMW, but when you tithe, you know, you've already done your job, you know, whether or not the pastor does what he's supposed to do with with his money, you've already received your blessing because you did what you were supposed to do. Um you know, my recommendation would be to people who, who are really troubled by that, like I said before, is just to earmark your donation. Um, if you're an active part of your alumni association and they have a seat on, on the board, always communicate that back to the, you know, to the administration and let them know that that's a problem. And this is why people aren't giving, and you need to really address your customer service. So. But at the end of the day, Dave, man, you wouldn't change it for the world. <laughs> like, man, I went through all that, man. I still love that school, boy. It's all good, man. It made me who I, who I am today, man. But, yeah, man. Man, I've I mean, been dealing with 19 years of, of bad customer service, so I know what you Bro, it was so many times, man, just waiting for my getting, – getting in school. Man, one time, yeah. man, my freshman year, man. So my mom didn't, you know, wasn't had the money to pay for school. So I went to Grambling, man, went through my whole first semester – my first semester wasn't paid for until the spring. So I had to oh, wait for my money to come in. They let me go to school. I'm like, man, this is so crazy, man. A PGU, a white school, man, it wouldn't be no problem. Man, you ain't on time. All that, dog. At a, P, at a PWI, you would not have been in school. Oh, no, exactly, dog. You would have been brother. That's yeah, all right, man. about that money. They, uh, you're right. You're right. You know, I went to the University of Iowa, too, so you guys are absolutely right, man. My money was always there. Always on time. Always on time. But at the end of the day, man, look, we love our HBCUs, man. Like you said, we should still just give back. Like you said, we yeah. did our part. Don't worry about where it's going. We know that we did our part, and we know we blessed to give back to the school. Because I was trying, like, in the Grambling group, you know, they always come up with these, like, these funds to, like, like $10 a day, right, just raising money for whatever. So I was like, mm-hmm. man, let's raise the ante, like 20K a month for a whole entire year. Like, you can mm-hmm. do a lot with that. Like, $20 mm-hmm. is not going to break nobody. I don't care who you are. $20 every single month. And you know how many mm-hmm. alums in these different alum groups, dog? Oh, yeah, Even man. Like on crickets. Like, bro, like, we can't complain if we're not trying to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Every little yeah. bit helps to better the school at the end of the day. Yep. Right, man. We eat that at Chick Fil A every month. Bro, so, yo, you go to Five Guys, bro. That's twenty dollars at least. <laughs> like ten. Yeah, yeah, bro. We hard on each other, man. We are hard on each other when it comes to giving that money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro. So we paying Netflix twenty dollars or whatever the case right. may be, well, we bro. But, each other, you know, at the end of the day, like you said, you can't count people's pockets, bro. But at the end of the day, like we yeah. can do a little bit more with the little bit we have that can go a, definitely a long way. So. Absolutely, man. I agree one wholeheartedly, <laughs> wholeheartedly. So, anybody got any more questions? Anything you want to do before we get out of here, Dave? Anything we talk about, like you know, talk basketball? About, what you got going on, man? Hold talk on, to let's ask Dave this question. What you got? Dave, who the MVP huh? in the NBA? Who the MV, 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 MVP right now in NBA? Who you think is the uh, MVP is? Um, what's that boy name in Dallas, man? He's hooping pretty good, but I think the guy from Denver, man, he's been beasted. I got to go with him. Yeah. What about yeah. Embiid? Oh, he's been balling too. He's been balling too. I still give that a little edge to to Jokic, though. So. Yeah, man. 
I heard y'all talking about LeBron before I came on. What were y'all saying about the king? Uh, first of all, we don't call him the king here. I'm not sure. Tell him, tell him, Dave. I'm not sure what you're talking about. So, so the conversation was the Clippers got Rondo now, and uh-huh. we were saying that are the Clippers ready to dethrone the, the Lakers? Lakers? Mm, nah, they're not ready. Every it, it was three people on the table that said that the Clippers are not going to beat the Lakers, and then there was one person, and that'd be I, that'd be me. I feel like it's over for the Lakers. I feel like uh, it's the Clippers' time now. I think they're going to win this series. They're going to beat them. They're going to beat them yeah. in six. And, um, yeah, man, I think it's going to be – I don't know if the Clippers going to win the championship because it's all yeah. about matchup in the finals, but I think the Clippers going to get to the finals this year. I, I don't know, man. I wouldn't go that far, but I, I would say the Lakers, they are. They do worry me just because of the injuries. And LeBron's a little older, so I don't know how he's going to bounce back. Um, from this injury, and LeBron's he's not no going older than Michael Jordan was when he was winning championships. What I'm I saying is, put that out there. Well, LeBron's no older than Michael Jordan was when he was winning championships. Um, yeah, but I'm saying he's coming back from a high ankle sprain this late in the season. We don't know how his body's going to react to that. So, if he's healthy, I think they still have a shot. I hear what you're saying. Let me let me ask this one question. Um, mm-hmm. I've never been to South Carolina State. What is the what? Are you, who is your major rivalry? And, and is it Savannah State? It's who, actually North Carolina A and T. It's no kind. Of, so, and how's that game? Like, how is is it? Did it get? Does it get nasty? Like, how does that game go? Like, is it is it just, is it one of those rivalries it's that like like, like, like A&M? Like, I don't like AM. I don't care no, for AM, not. but I, I I hate Tuskegee people. Now the fans, we can't stand each other, but the players are very professional. They play very hard against each other, but it's not it's not an extremely nasty rivalry, but it's very it's a very intense rivalry, and that's one thing that's definitely going to hurt us because that's always like a second homecoming game. We can guarantee on the stadium being pretty much packed anytime we play North Carolina A and T. Anytime we play FAMU, the stadium is always packed twenty thousand plus. Right, that's gonna be tough. Now you got to. So we're gonna. We're definitely going to miss that. And, you know, with the people that are left in the MEAC, I don't see anybody else, you know, being able to draw those kinds of crowds. Who do we have left? Norfolk State, Howard, Delaware State, Morgan, North Carolina Central, none of those. So do you, do you think there's a chance that y'all might go to the swag day? I hope so, because the MEAC, I, I don't see the MEAC being around much longer. Right now, I think if one more team – um, decides to leave the MEAC, they're going to pretty much have to fold. So I think our best bet would be to figure out how to get over to the SWAC as well. We're not letting anybody else in, Dave. Sorry. Um, it's closed off section. Um, you want me, that? Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah we're done. Um, just tell us what's going on with, with the HBCU Times right now yeah. and what you got going on in the, in the nearby future. Um, right now, we are about to, we, we just released, released a digital copy of our spring magazine. We have an Alcorn State alum and a Norfolk State alum on the covers. Uh, Brianna Daniels and Brianna O'Leary, uh, they both uh, work in the pit for NASCAR. So, oh, wow. you know, these, wow. yeah, these young ladies, you know, are opening up career opportunities that most HBCUs and really people of color would never think about working in a pit for NASCAR. So we put those, we those young ladies are gracing 
I cover the hard issues are going to be coming out next week in the in the summer. We already have uh, Jamil Hill. She's going to be on the cover of the summer issue, and she's not an HBCU alum, but she is an HBCU ally, mm-hmm. and she will. And um, Jamil, along with Chris Broussard, they're the ones that really kind of got the conversation started on a national level and having all these athletes really consider, you know, to consider attending HBCUs instead of PWIs. So we did a, a nice interview with Jamil, and she'll be featured in the on the cover of the summer issue. Oh, nice. Oh, y'all yeah. got it moving. I'm looking at the times now. I'm, I'm very excited about this. Uh, a lot of different topics you got going on here. The NASCAR is especially. Yeah. But there's the the restoration of uh, Alabama A&M and Stillman College. Yeah. I mean, all that type of stuff, man. I definitely going to dive into this one. Yes, yes, man. And I think Hugenie's retiring, so you guys will be looking for a new president soon to keep the momentum going down there. Uh, once again, we're not this, 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 I didn't go to school then. <laughs> I set you up, dog. You keep saying you up for the downfall. I did not go to Alabama a and I didn't go to school on the hill. Our president has never embezzled $2 million and oh, we got cost in the pork chops. Oh, man. That's never happened to my man. school. Like, they, they, his wife got cost in the pork chops at the Piggly Wiggly, oh, downtown Huntsville somewhere. It's a tough time for her. She didn't have no money. The, the fans is on him. She had to get them pork chops. She got caught. Oh, my that, that's God. That's a fact. You can pull it up. Man, pork is expensive, man. Boy, it is. <laughs> it was especially for her. She, so she I had a bad connection. I missed most of that. <laughs> <laughs> so how do people follow you, Dave? Like, give your social media handles and everything. Yeah, you know what? They can, uh, they can follow me on uh, Instagram. It's HBCU underscore times 8892. On Instagram or Facebook, it's just um, just David. It's just HBCU Times on on Facebook. And if they want to join the HBCU Times Facebook group, it's also just HBCU Times. Awesome. All right, well, Dave, man, it was a pleasure having you on today, man. I let Dompton do the answer before we get you out of here. So, Dave, man, glad you know you made made it on the show. We'd love to have you back. You know, talk about things that's going on at HBCUs and things like black college football and black college sports and um, just sports in general. And, you know, we're trying to see be on that cover, you know, that HBCU and, uh, Times cover. <coughs> hey, Dave, that fall issue. We're trying, to get, we're trying to get on that, Dave. Seriously. <laughs> and we right, might not man. need the cover, but we'll get you, yeah, let's yeah. get on the inside of that <laughs> thing. You know what I mean? You know? i hold a couple of magazines up around here. I'll be on the Hey, man, team. well, my yeah. pleasure talking with you guys. You guys keep up the great work, and we definitely need to connect to get you guys um, in an article in one of the upcoming issues. So, Absolutely, man. We appreciate it 100%. Appreciate you being on the show. All right, man. You guys take care. Appreciate you. You All do right, the same, day. Thanks, right, bro. Thanks, brother. All right. Yeah, bye-bye. That was dope right there, man. That's a great, uh, great uh, putting enlightenment great. on the HBCU. Yeah, man. Great show right there. And, and just, just a great um, great um, understanding and awareness of what HBCU need to do moving forward. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, think it's just... I think I think it is a time where now that you start need you you do need to start giving back to HBCUs we do. and take and just take for granted like hey the same people who go into HBCUs now look like us. Yeah. Well, they were in the past they were community college that supported by the community with exactly. black communities and and now that a lot of, it's, it's going to be tough because it's through gentrification um, a lot of a lot of the uh, communities don't look the same. Exactly. So now we need to start focusing on trying to get our communities back to what mm-hmm. it used to be. Mm-hmm. And we need to support these universities because they're part of our, our communities. And I think and they're right key. 
That's for sure, for sure. And I yeah, think we yeah. need to care about each other more. Like you said, you know, we look at each other different. We're trying to get each other. We're like, nah, I ain't giving up no money. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So we, and we look at it different, but we'll get everybody else that to give it to each other. So I think I think once they get a little handle, a better yeah. handle on what's going on, I think we're moving in the right direction. And Babama said, you ain't getting a penny more <laughs> until I get my name on that rock outside. Because there's a rock of, like, all the alums, and I'm supposed to give my money to them. And all of a sudden, they were like, we don't have no more rocks anymore. So where'd my money go? That was the first thing I said. was like, where'd my money go? Went to the soil. No, no, no. On everything, they got these little rocks. They bought these, they, they got these little rocks on the, um, they got these rocks outside the stadium, the leading to the stadium that everybody's buying. So I bought me a rock to put my name on it. You know, that's a legacy right there. You can get the kids, something like that. You know, you don't have kids, but you can be like, yo, listen, your niece and nephew, look at your, yo, look at your uncle. He had a, the rock right there. That's my name right here. It was I graduated from. I was like, hey, um, what happened to the rocks? Oh, we ran out. There's no more room left. Uh, so where my money go? So where my money go? me my money. I just where my money go. We don't know. Well, I know. So I'm about to tear this thing up to make it work. So man, listen, bro. It's 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 it's. You know, I have a lot of love for that university, but man, boy, I be want to kick the door in sometimes. Bully kick though, like like you like uh like a UGK said, man. Yeah, bully kick though. You know what I mean? Ready to go up in that thing, go through the flow on them. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh-uh, I ain't having it. So, it'd be frustrated, man. So, all right, man, let's get our last parting, parting shots before we get out of here. Ray, I'm going to start with you, man. Great show, man. Like I said, in life, man, it's all about networking. Like, if you're not networking, you're not working. So, you know, we continue to make these networks, man, and, you know, big things on the horizon for us. Key? Yeah, another great episode. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Great, uh, you know, reveling the HBCUs. Uh, also, go check out on 420. You know what I'm saying? That weed smoke, they come over to you. 420. Yes, sir. And also, but shout you out. you smoking weed or you going to smoke the hookah? No, I'm smoking hookah. I don't smoke weed. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Sense, I got though. a great government job. <laughs> uh, uh, also, shout out to Effect. Yo, for mentioning your boy Key in the mentions. You know what I'm saying? Effect Fitness. I see what y'all doing. Hot boy Key in the building. I see y'all mentioning your boy. For sure. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, man. Great show today. I appreciate Dave for uh, coming on the show, hollering at us. You know, hopefully y'all see us in the HBCU times in a couple of months, you know. So um, you got to keep it moving, keep it bringing on guests, you know, and, and keep just moving forward, man. I think you have a great last, you know, three months has been pretty good for us. And we just got to keep pushing. Absolutely, man. Once again, thank you for getting Dave on, man. That was a great show, a great segment right there. Uh, I'm out next week. Got to go to Chicago. But, man, I know you guys going to hold it down. You know it. Have a great time, man. Yes, sir. Uh, turn up and, you know, do what we do. So, uh, all right, Ray, let's get us out of here, man. All these diamonds in my chains got me dancing around this bitch. I'm Martin Luther King, black diamonds on my wrist. Put your sevens on my kids, put your cocoa on my bitch. Put that fofo on the sweat, then you come up, pop it up. I've been in the trenches, they tried to be specific. I fell in love with my bitches, they saw them fuck some riches. This money be my missus, drive me crazy, I need really. I told them I'm so slimy, I'm so shady, I admit it, yeah. Slack like the shoot, slack like the murk. 21 guns to lose, drilling, put in the word. Cut his toss aside, Ooh, said it hurt. Keep a new phone phone, yeah, let it burst. 
pockets, honey, cut Keep on pedal, get my own cheddar. All my dogs better, honey, calm desert. We make all jetters, Mason, my jealous. Cases get set up. 